Well, friends, we really appreciate you giving a few moments of your time to join us today for another little devotional message uh, from the Word of God. I'm sure a lot of our viewers today, whether it's here in Northern Ireland or across in the mainland or maybe somewhere else in the world, you're glued at this time to the World Cup. And the World Cup trophy, I believe, is one of the most famous trophies in all the world. I think for me, it's certainly one of the most iconic And I think it's also one of the most beautiful. The World Cup trophy, the FIFA World Cup trophy that was introduced in 1974 after the old Jules Rimet trophy was stolen and went missing. They came up with this now famous trophy. And I'm sure some of our older viewers can think back over the years to some of the first World Cups that you remember. For me, the one that I remember most of all was 1986 the last time Northern Ireland qualified for the World Cup finals. That year they were held in Mexico and the most famous footballer of all time, certainly at that time, was Diego Maradona. I still think he was probably the best footballer that ever laced a pair of boots. And famous photograph that sticks in my mind is Maradona kissing this trophy at the Azica Stadium in Mexico, having beat Germany. Really, Maradona at that time guided his whole side to victory. And this is a very famous World Cup trophy. I'm not sure who your favourite is out of the 32 teams that are participating in Qatar, who your favourite is to win the World Cup and to take home the trophy. I don't think it's going to be England, folks. I don't think it's coming home this year either. So don't build your hopes up. Probably 1966, if we're honest, was a one-off and there's a lot of better teams out there than England. But let's hope that they do reasonably well. Here in our home, there's a bit of debate about who is going to win the trophy. Uh, One of our boys thinks it's going to be Portugal. Another boy thinks it's going to be Brazil. I had my hopes uh, on Argentina, but they didn't perform too well yesterday, did they? 2-1 to Saudi Arabia. But we'll just have to wait and see. But all the eyes of the world at the present time are upon this trophy. But dear friends, if we're absolutely honest, 50 or 100 years from now, as far as all of us are concerned, it won't really matter one iota who wins the World Cup. We live in a world where people are labouring for all sorts of prizes and all sorts of trophies and adulations of men. And people put so much time and so much money and so much effort into things that maybe have their appeal for a moment or two. But the reality is, as individuals, 100 years from now, everything perhaps that we have laboured for and lived for will be counted for absolutely nothing. There's a, a children's chorus and it simply says, weigh up all your life's decisions on the scales of eternity. Leonard Ravenhill used to ask the question, is what you are living for worth Christ's dying for? And is what you're living for worth dying for? People would die for this trophy. But dear friends, the Apostle Paul had his priorities right. He was a man who had the world at his feet. And yet on that dusty road to Damascus, whenever he met the Saviour and he realised that Jesus Christ was alive, He said, what wilt thou have me to do? And he gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And some of the last words that were ever written and recorded by the Apostle Paul are found in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's an aged man. He's in a prison cell. He knows that his days are limited. 
He knows that probably he'll never uh, see the sunrise or sunset again. And he's going to either die in that prison cell or die as a martyr. But he's able to testify in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 6. I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. He knew that his days were going to be short, but he's able to say, I am now ready. Can I ask you today, are you ready? If you were called to leave this world today, are you ready? And then he says in verse number seven of Second Timothy 4, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Paul isn't languishing in fear or guilt or loneliness or regret. Paul is finishing his Christian life, his life on this earth, with victory, assurance and triumph. He knows that he's going to have to suffer. He knows that under Nero he's probably going to be a martyr. But at the same time he's able to say there's a prize, a trophy, in heaven waiting for me. It's something that will never fade away. It's something that will last for all of God's eternity. A crown of righteousness. He's laboring for treasures of worth, laboring for a prize. And he says, the Lord himself, the righteous judge, will give me that crown at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. To all that love the Lord Jesus Christ, to all who are thankful that he appeared the first time, and went to a cross, and they beheld him, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And they're looking again for his coming. And the Saviour promises a trophy, a crown of righteousness, an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled that fadeth not in heaven, uh, that fadeth not away, that's kept in heaven for you. May God help us today to labour for things that really matter. These uh, soccer players, these footballers have put so much time and effort and training and diet and all sorts of discipline into trying to win this trophy. Many will be disappointed, but those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ shall never be ashamed. And the Lord promises there's a prize waiting for all that love him. May God help us all to labour for that prize. And friends, thank you for listening. And hopefully we'll see you again very soon. God bless you now. Bye-bye.